Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Getting Down and Wordy podcast ad. What do we do on this podcast? Well, it's the first Edda Musical podcast. Can you try that again in real words so that people can understand? Fine. We talk about the intersection of popular music and language. Oh, can we also talk about Eurovision? Okay. Find us on Apple and Spotify. We are a Podmoth Network podcast. Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. For extra episodes of Bad Axe, check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash badaxepod. There's a link in our show notes and memberships start at just $1. You can also support Bad Axe for free by leaving us a positive review and by telling a friend about us. Now, on to today's case. Today... We're going to be staying here in Houston, Texas, to talk about a tragic case that just happened a couple of years ago. We are going to be on the south side of Houston in a neighborhood that is conveniently called Southside. There you go. In early 2022, 16-year-old Diamond Alvarez was living in Southside with her family. She was super close with her mom, Anna, her stepdad, Tito, and her two siblings, Ashley and Abel. Diamond's family says that she was outgoing, funny, silly, and kind, but she was also hardworking. Some of her hobbies included dancing, playing volleyball and basketball, and taking photos. She loved dogs, especially her family dog, Peanut. Diamond also enjoyed her studies, making the honor roll at school with straight A's. She loved doing hair and makeup, and she hoped to one day become a beautician after her high school graduation, which was still two years away. She was a sophomore at Madison High School. Like a lot of teen girls, Diamond had started dating and had just gotten out of a seven-month-long on-again, off-again relationship. Her ex-boyfriend, 17-year-old Frank DeLeon Jr., wasn't good for her. He did a good job of hiding his red flags, and some of her family members never really saw how much of a menace he was in their relationship. But some of her family members said that they did see him be violent against Diamond at times. One person said that they'd actually seen him punch her in the face on one occasion. Oh my god. Yeah, which is a no. Yeah, that's horrifying. And additionally, he had actually allegedly held a gun on her, according to another relative. Dude, that's really bad. Yeah. Still, the pair had trouble ending things for good. I mean, at 16, it's just really hard to separate from someone. And she was 15 for most of their relationship. So it is just a situation that a lot of young girls, I think, find themselves in. And usually you can eventually get out of it. But it is really hard to break that bond once you have it. Yeah. And it's dangerous as well. Oh, yeah. 
It didn't help that the pair lived so close to each other. Their houses were just a couple of blocks apart in the same neighborhood. So even when they did break up, they would just run into each other again. It just made it harder to end things for good. It was also a really convenient relationship for them because they could easily meet up and kind of just leave their house and meet up somewhere in the neighborhood. And that made it even more difficult for them to actually like cut ties completely. Yeah, for sure. Their last breakup had happened after Diamond had caught Frank cheating on her. And it wasn't just a one-time thing. He had actually started dating a whole nother girl while he was supposed to be exclusive with Diamond. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, well, at least she thought they were exclusive. But then she finds out that he has a second relationship. Yeah. Well, this was finally too much for Diamond. And so she wanted to break up. Frank's main concern seemed to be keeping Diamond quiet about the fact that they had been back together at the same time that he started seeing this other girl. Oh, he he wanted to keep her a secret mm-hmm. Basically, from, from the other girl? Yeah. yeah. Since he had two girlfriends, he's like, well, one of them is breaking up with me. I'm going to keep the second girlfriend. But if Diamond starts telling everyone that we were together and I cheated on her, then chances are the other girlfriend's going to dump him too. So he started asking Diamond to just keep their relationship a secret. That's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. This whole thing's a bad idea, really. I mean, trying to have two girlfriends at the same time is, was your first mistake? Yeah. <laughs> it's unclear if Diamond was willing to keep things a secret. Probably not, because I wouldn't. I would have a whole billboard. I mean, I would have it everywhere. Just like write a song about it, put it yes, on a billboard. Yes, exactly. Full Taylor Swift. <laughs> all, exactly. All I love media. Taylor Swift, but yeah. that would be a, a nice... I would listen to that song. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we have listened to that song. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yes. I don't know what I'm saying yeah. here. Poor Taylor. <laughs> After she caught him cheating, it seems like Diamond was finally done with Frank. However, he wasn't quite ready to walk away from her because he still wanted to be able to control what she was doing, especially with regard to talking about their relationship. At around 9 o'clock p.m. on January 11th of 2022, Diamond told her mom that she was going to take their dog Peanut out for his evening walk. It was dark outside, so her mom Anna asked her to be back within 20 minutes. Diamond planned to walk a couple of blocks down the street to an empty field that the neighborhood kids used as a park. It's located at 15400 Park Manor Street, and it's the tiniest amount of green space. It's more like someone's yard, but she often walked Peanut down to this spot, and this wasn't a new path for her. While Diamond was out that night, her family heard some loud pops that sounded like gunshots. Her mom tried to call Diamond's phone to check on her, but the calls went unanswered. Then, at around 9.15 p.m. that night, Peanut ran back to the house alone. Oh, God. That's got to be so scary if you're the mom in the family. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, I'd be freaking out, and I'm sure they were, too. Yes, they knew for sure that something was wrong. yeah. Alarmed, Diamond's mother and other family members went out to search for her, and they fanned out in the neighborhood, just looking anywhere they thought that Diamond could have walked with Peanut. Tragically, her 14-year-old brother was the one who found her moments later. Oh my god, that's so tragic. Like, that's so traumatic. Yeah, it's probably the worst possible scenario of who could find her is her, her little brother. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be okay after mm-hmm. finding, you know, mm-hmm. a, a body, especially a body of a loved one or a family member. But no. to be so young, though, man. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. When he found her, Diamond was bleeding on the side of the road near that field where she was taking peanut. As one family member called 911, her mom, Anna, gave Diamond CPR, praying that she would wake up. But Diamond was already gone. Anna described this unthinkable moment to KSAT News, saying, I tried and tried and I tried. When I saw there was nothing else I could do, I started telling her how much I love her and that I'm always here, unquote. That's so sad. It is. It's incredibly depressing. That's so sad. So her whole family basically is standing with her as they're waiting for the paramedics to arrive. And when first responders got there, the fire department paramedics declared Diamond deceased already. Later, the medical examiner determined that Diamond died from 22 gunshot wounds. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so many. It's so many. And that had to have been horrific because that's going to do a lot. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the gun, but like you probably have to like take out a clip and put a new one in to fire that many bullets, right? Yeah. Jesus it's Christ. Up. That's fucked up. Following Diamond's murder, family, friends, and community members created a memorial for her on the spot where her body was found leaving flowers, balloons, stuffed animals, and candles to show their support for her. Any murder is horrifying, but having an innocent teenage girl shot 22 times while walking her dog is especially heinous. The entire community was on alert, and detectives immediately began investigating. When police canvassed the neighborhood, neighbors said they heard a barrage of bullets at around 9.10 p.m., as well as the screech of tires speeding away. Some witnesses say they saw a dark vehicle driving away at the time of the shooting. By the way, you've probably figured this out, but these gunshots were the sound that Diamond's family had also heard that night. Yeah, I bet. Which I feel like is extra chilling, just to know that you're hearing what happened. Yeah, of course. And I imagine you'd think back on that for Mm -hmm. years and probably forever. Yeah. You know? I think it's also just horrifying to know that something like that can happen so close to your house while you're doing something as mundane as walking a dog. Yeah, for real. When her body was recovered, Diamond's phone was gone, suggesting that her killer took it. Investigators suspected that she knew the person who shot her since she'd been shot so many times. That indicates some sort of rage. Yeah, like overkill, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone just wanted to take the phone to steal it, you don't need to shoot someone 22 times. Yeah, no way. It seems more like that person wanted the phone because it had a clue. Mm Mm-hmm. 
While her phone was gone, detectives still could get access to her phone records, which they did. While searching Diamond's phone records, investigators found a text message from the night of the murder that raised their suspicions. In that text, Diamond's ex-boyfriend, Frank DeLeon Jr., asked her to meet him in the field where her body was found. Oh, wow. That's not suspicious at all. And in case I didn't make this clear, the text came in right before she left to walk Peanut. Oh, God. Yeah. So it wasn't like this was a day before or earlier on in the day at like 1 p.m., it was right before she went to the field is when he was wanting to meet with her. Yeah, yeah. When detectives started looking into her ex, Frank DeLeon Jr., they narrowed in on him as the main suspect. And based on their investigation, police arrested Frank DeLeon Jr. on Monday, January 17th, 2022, just six days after Diamond's murder. When police entered his home to arrest him, They found him with several suitcases, packing. It looked like he was packing up much more than he needed for a short trip. He's trying to leave town? Oh, yeah. So authorities were very sure that he was trying to flee at the time they arrested him. That they essentially got there just in time to stop him. Although he tries to maintain that he was just going on like a little getaway. <laughs> not not a forever getaway, just right. a funsy time. Right, of course. Like you do. Yeah, like, I mean, just so happens to be a murder suspect at the time that he's fleeing. I mean, going on a trip. <laughs> Diamond's family wanted Frank DeLeon Jr. held without bond, which would make sense for a few reasons. First, he'd been packing a bag to flee when he was arrested, which makes him a huge flight risk. Yep. Second, they believed that he posed a danger. According to Diamond's family, they had been getting some threats ever since they started looking at him as a suspect, and they were afraid that he might retaliate against him. And considering that they were only a couple of blocks away from him in his house, they were just afraid that he would walk down the street, essentially, and attack them. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, and from their perspective, they're thinking he has access to firearms, and other weapons, they're just worried that this is something that could put them in danger. Oh, yeah. Plus, they really wanted justice for Diamond, and I think that was also part of it, is that they're thinking, this guy did it, you know, just let's just keep him locked up. Yeah, that's a very reasonable mm-hmm. uh, position. Um, yeah, absolutely, especially with all the problems that Houston had, especially in those times. Yes, with, we're still having those problems. Yeah, like where violent offenders were getting, or, or violent mm-hmm. suspects are getting out on bond and then doing more murders yes. and shit while they're out on bond. It is extra scary for people that are involved in the cases. Yeah, yeah. And that's sure. actually part of the issue, though, is that our local judges right now do have to issue bonds more because... We in the past, as a city or as a commu- as a county, I believe, have had trouble where people were being denied bond, and there's a lot of things that go into that. It is true that there have been people that have been denied bond when they shouldn't have been, and also where people essentially have been denied bond long enough to where they've taken plea deals that when they maybe not even maybe didn't even commit a crime just to get out of jail because they've been sitting in in jail for like six months waiting trial for something really stupid. So that there is a lot of going on here. Yeah, it's but, a complicated issue. Yes. Essentially, though, our area has kind of reversed. And now people are getting bond for violent offenses and for repeat offenses when they probably shouldn't. Just because you kind of have it one way or the other, apparently. 
So Judge Hazel B. Jones was the judge who saw over his bond hearing, and she gave him a $250,000 bond, which is a high bond for the crime. Normally, he would have probably only gotten around a $50,000 bond, but he she gave him a higher bond because of the issues that had come up, particularly the packing to flee. Within 48 hours of his arrest, Diamond Shooter was back on the streets because his family did pay his bond. As part of his bond conditions, he was supposed to stay inside his home during certain hours of the day and wear a GPS monitor. The judge also prohibited him from con- contacting anyone related to the case, including Diamond's family, the case witnesses, and also the other girlfriend that he had cheated with. De Leon's release incensed Diamond's family, who just wanted justice, and they started a petition right away to have his bail revoked. And a few months later, it had already collected over 24,000 signatures. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I would have signed it. Mm-hmm. I actually had already saved this case. Like As soon as this happened, I had earmarked it for us doing an episode on it. Just I wanted to wait for it to, everything to play out. And I remember when this was going down. The petition actually did not work, but DeLeon did end up back in jail three months later. In April 2022, he violated his bond conditions by missing a curfew, and police rearrested him. He did sit in jail for a period of time, but at some point he got back out on bond because he was out on bond again when his murder trial was set to start. And that murder trial was set to begin on Monday, October 16th, 2023, which was just a couple months ago. Unfortunately, though, DeLeon did not actually show up to his murder trial that day. Uh-oh. Yes. And his uh, defense attorney went before the judge and said that the reason why he hadn't shown up is because he had been in a car accident on the way to court that day. And he was at the hospital getting treatment. Huh. Since he had missed the first day of his trial, though, the judge revoked his bail and issued an arrest warrant. Because of that accident, the judge also scheduled a hearing for the next day to decide if his bail would be reinstated during the trial or if he would be remanded to jail. Because the accident might be a mitigating circumstance if they found that it was actually a thing that occurred. Yeah. The next day, though, the prosecution made an announcement. They actually weren't going to be doing a murder trial after all because they had reached a plea deal. DeLeon Jr. pleaded guilty to murder on Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. In exchange for his guilty plea, he received a 45-year sentence and he'd be eligible for parole after serving half of it, so about 22 and a half years. Diamond's family was happy with the 45 years, but I don't think they're super jazzed about the potential parole after 22 and a half. But this sentence actually ended up happening in two parts because the judge started to deliver the sentence and Jasmine's and Diamond's family was getting to give their victim impact statements. But unfortunately, the plea hearing went a little bit awry and it's something that we've actually previously talked to our patrons about because there was a whole courtroom brawl. And I think most of our listeners, especially if they've been around from the beginning, know that Aaron and I love the show Chaos in the Court, even though it's wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) 
<laughs> I fucking love it when families try to beat some ass at court. I just do. I, I can't help myself. It's something I very much enjoy. And I feel like in our heart of hearts, all of us enjoy that in a way. No matter how good of a person we are and can be like having the moral high ground of we should never be violent and whatever. You know, we should always just let the system do its job. We all agree on, on principle, right? But it's like whenever you're watching an episode of Snapped when a, a, a child is injured and the mom, like, murders the person that, like, assaulted her kid. There's a little part of us that's happy, right? I mean, we all... we It's a human nature, right? Yeah. I feel like it is. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's... It's human nature to root against the villain and, and yes. root for the person who's been wounded by the villain. To, exactly. You know. So yeah. this is a multi-layered brawl, you guys. So here's what happened. So Diamond's mom, Anna, was given her victim's impact statement. And this is a mother whose baby girl at just 16 was murdered for no fucking reason. Which there's never a reason. But like... Especially in this case. Literally yeah. no reason. Violently, her little boy found his sister like that. This is a woman who's been through something. Yeah. Giving her victim's impact statement. It doesn't even matter who you are. I feel like in that situation, your heart has to go out to her and you should be respectful. Well, according to her, as she was leaving the stand, and she's all broken up. You can tell see, tell in the video because there's video of this. She's sad for obvious reasons. She notices that DeLeon is over there laughing and smirking at her. So she starts walking towards him. And one of the deputy, the court deputies stops her and like grabs her and is like, no man, like you can't do that. Well, her brother, who is Diamond's uncle, his name is Gerardo Machado. He sees all this happening and his sister, you know, basically being mocked by his niece's killer. And he already was not having this, right? So he soars over the court to get to DeLeon and starts beating some ass. And normally, you guys... We've watched a lot of these chaos in the court type shows. They almost never actually get to the defendant. Yeah. He got to him. He got some good swings in. He was fast and he was furious and he got, <laughs> he made impact, you guys. It was the most epic. I know, again, it's wrong and bad. But also, that dude murdered his niece and was, he was literally pleading guilty in the moment. Like, and being smirky. Yeah. Look, in his position... I do the same mm-hmm. shit. Like, I'm not a, a violent dude. I can't fight. But honestly, like, if somebody, you know, God forbid, you know, hurt, hurt my niece and then had the gall to, like, Mm-mm. you know, laugh about it, I'd be like, all of a sudden, I'd be like an yes. ultimate fighter. I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he is. He beats some ass. It was amazing. Yeah. It was it was amazing. And, like, there's, like, a part of me that just wonders if the deputies, if he, only, if he got there because the deputies were like, oh, no. Oh, no, an assault is happening. Oh, this is bad. It's wrong. Yeah. Anyway, they pulled him off and secured the situation. But that's not the end of the fight, you guys. Because during her victim impact statement, Anna Machado, who, again, lost her baby, had said that Frank DeLeon Jr. was a monster. And then she said that his mom raised him to be one. And his mom was in the courtroom. And apparently she took that personally. So while the Uncle Gerardo was beating Frank's ass, his mom tries to fight Diamond's mom, Anna, in the court and right in front of the judge. That's insane. Yes. That's absolutely insane. she starts trying to fight, and I'm like, who do you think is going to be on your side? Like, you can't fight the victim's mom. Yeah. In her opinion, she believes that her son 
only pled guilty because he was tired of dealing with the case and he was worried about his family's safety. So it kind of sounds like maybe she doesn't think her son did it, even though the, the rest of us think he did. And he also pleaded guilty to it. Yep. Yeah. But you can't fight the victim's mom regardless. That's not a thing you can do. And also, honestly, I feel like it kind of proves Anna right, though, because normal people could hear a victim's mom who's lost her daughter tragically say something they don't agree with and not try to fight them at court. Like, yeah. that is, doesn't indicate that you're teaching him how to behave correctly. That's probably why he lashed out when he was mad, because that's what is being modeled for him. Yeah. Just saying. By the way, while this courtroom brawl was happening, and again, there's video of it. One of the sources has the video. It is epic. It's better with sound, but the one that I found didn't have sound, which I was sad about. Yeah. But it was one of the most epic chaos in the courtroom moments, especially because it lasted way longer than they usually do. Normally, they just get like one clip of the guy like soaring and then someone catching him and he's like, I want to kill him or whatever. I want to kick his ass. He killed my baby. But in this case, like contact was made, so it went on for a while. The, but while this was happening, another defendant who was in a different courtroom actually escaped. So the the what ended up happening is whenever the brawl started happening in the courtroom where they were doing the plea hearing, the court officials hit the panic button to let the other courtrooms know that they had a, a situation going down. So the court deputies from this other courtroom decided to run down to help. Or also, I think it's human nature to also just want to be involved in the dramatic situation, if we're all being honest. Like, I also would have run down to help, regardless of if I was supposed to or not. Because, again, I don't think that any of us, if we're being honest with ourselves, none of us would resist the urge to go see what was happening. Yeah, that's true. Except for maybe people who could physically couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, if you were, like, trained to know that you had to stay put and, like, you knew that it was really serious or something, I could see you maybe doing it. But, like, in the absence of that, you're going to go see what's up. Yeah. So, they, like, ran to go see what was up. And they left their prisoner who was shackled in the courtroom. And I can kind of see they're thinking, like, he's shackled. We got to go stop this fight. Et cetera, et cetera. And they don't actually know what's going on. Theoretically, it could have been some kind of active shooter yeah. situation for all they know. Yeah, of course. Okay. So they leave this defendant in the courtroom. His name is Michael Devin Combs. And ironically, he was charged with assaulting his children's mother in, wow. in a domestic incident. And that case is fucked up. I will tell you about it in a second. So... He was there to get his bond revoked because he also had violated his bond. And he knew he was going to jail. So once the court deputies all ran off, he somehow managed to get out of his shackles and then fled the courthouse and got away and was on the lam. His case is still pending, so I don't know what's going to happen. So this is what allegedly happened. Allegedly, he and his... The mother of his children, his girlfriend, had been going... Or now she's his ex-girlfriend. But they had been going through it. And essentially, they were trying to co-parent. And he still wanted her to be in a relationship with him. But the ex-girlfriend was realizing that this was a toxic situation for her. Combs was living with his mom at the time in an apartment. And the mother was caring for their two children. And so she had gone to his mom's apartment and picked him up so that he could come hang out with the children. Because she was trying to, to give them time with their dad. During that incident, 
she kind of reached a decision that she was going to tell him that their relationship had to end. So as she was driving him back to his mom's house, she told him, allegedly, that she had to end things with him, that they just couldn't be in a relationship anymore, that this was not a healthy situation for her. He loses his shit, right? He's all fucking mad. He's acting crazy. They pull up to his mom's house and he won't get out of the car. And he wanted her to go inside with him because obvious controlling or abusive related reasons, allegedly. So he pulls out the keys and the ignition and like walks off with the keys. So she starts trying to call someone about the fact that now she can't leave. And then he comes back, gets in the car and allegedly hits her in the head and starts choking her. Oh my God. She told authorities that she thought she was going to die. Like he literally was choking the life out of her. And I think most of our listeners know from listening to true crime, one of the most telltale things that a man is going to murder his partner is if he chokes her in anger. That's like one of the worst red flag warning signs that she is in danger with him. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, that's a scary situation for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, so he ends up not doing it. Like, he ends, like she is wounded, but not, you know, deceased. So she goes yeah. to report this incident, and the police were able to see that she had wounds. She had injuries that were consistent with her story of being strangled and being struck in the face by him. And so they arrested him, and then he ends up getting a bond, but he violated it, which is especially scary considering that, you know, her life may really be in danger. Yeah. So... That's why he was in the court today to get his bond revoked. This guy escapes and they're like, oh shit. But a couple of days later, they found him at a local motel and were able to rearrest him. Good, good. It was insane. Yeah. Scary for yeah. everybody involved, I'm sure. So I think that is part partly why they actually ended up filing charges against Diamond's uncle, Gerardo Machado. And I, he actually got charged with interfering with the public servant rather than... Beating some ass, which is not the official charge, but you know what I mean. That's not what he was charged with. And I think it was that he maybe wouldn't have been charged. Because a lot of the people on Chaos in the Court, when they try to fight somebody, don't get charged because it's a heated emotional moment. And a lot of times the defendant has done something shady, like smirked or something. And it just, like, provokes them to try to punch him in the face. But, obviously, you can't, you know, it's not good that he created a scenario to let someone else escape. And yeah. they changed the policies, allegedly, to make sure that people aren't left alone to escape. Yeah. After the incident in the plea hearing, Diamond's mother, Anna, spoke to the media, saying in part, quote, I've been fighting for justice, and today, finally, my daughter has her justice. Our lives have stopped since that night. We're like walking zombies. He got what he deserves, and I'm going to focus on my family and Diamond has her justice, and I just want to move forward, unquote. Because of the fight during the plea hearing, they had to reschedule the sentencing, and Diamond's family did not feel comfortable attending because they were afraid that his family would retaliate against them, and they were also just afraid that more things would happen. So they opted not to go to the sentencing hearing. Her aunt was supposed to read another victim impact statement, but I think they decided not to do that just to avoid more problems. Yeah. And they actually, the same aunt had gone and talked to the media again. They didn't name her, but she essentially asked for people to stop retaliating against each other and for everyone just to calm down and be safe, essentially. Yeah. Also, I told you that Diamond's uncle was facing charges, but since the district attorney was in the courtroom, they actually had to have a special prosecutor come in. 
to wow. prosecute him for the right because the DA had to recuse or something. Yes, like that. which I thought yeah. was just fun because it's like I don't know because yeah. I'm bad, I guess. Because yeah. I'm a bad person. You're not a bad person. Anyway, I really hope that they make more chaos in the court, if for no other reason, just so that they can have commentary on this one. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong for like, for enjoying the no, the chaos, but no, there's a reason they not. made it into a show. Like, yeah. No, it's it's entertaining. <laughs> if it we didn't want to I watch mean, it, then there wouldn't be a show about it. <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining, and some of them are, are emotional, especially, you know, yes. and, and like get really sad. It's hard but, watching them cry. I feel like it puts yeah. it into perspective, though. Whenever you're watching a parent, especially sobbing because they've lost their child because of a fucking murderer and then watching them try to fight that murderer it it puts it in perspective yeah you really want to you really yes. root for him i mean you really do i know it's yeah. it's wrong or whatever it's the same way though as like i don't i am very against violence in prison and it makes me feel concerned that people are very fine with it but there is that tiny little like moment sometimes where like when someone is truly heinous that you're like you just wait and that's not healthy but i feel like it's human nature to sometimes feel that way and we definitely have to check ourselves but also i don't think it's completely wrong to indulge in that emotion at least a little bit because i feel like we're just human I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And it's hard to feel sorry for someone who did something really horrible. Yeah. And, yeah. That's true. It's yep, hard to yep. it's hard to feel bad for some murderous piece of shit. Yes. And if they just get punched in the face once by their family, like, that's barely anything. Yep. And it's not even, like, a, a solid punch because there's usually a deputy trying to get them off already. Yeah. Watching some of these people, some of these deputies are athletic. They'll, like, be catching people. And then you'll see some people that have no business trying to fight these people that are trying to fight the criminals. Like, how are you going to catch somebody? Like, I could not be a deputy. Also, I would definitely cheer for them. Which would be a problem. Like, get him. I mean, no, that's bad. You're wrong. And they're like, did you just, we have you on tape yelling, get him? Like, um... Yeah, about that. That was yeah. That was, was an oopsie. Yeah, I was talking to myself about getting in <laughs> yes, the way I of was, the murder. That right? was I was giving myself a pep talk. That's a good one. Thank you, Aaron. I'm going to use that. That was a pep talk for me. I was just going to stop the crime that was happening. That was you know bad and wrong. That we didn't. Nobody wanted that to happen. Right. Very bad and wrong, <laughs> but also kind of epic. <laughs> And that's how I would get fired from the court. <laughs> yes. Danielle's career as a courtroom security officer. Is is not it's not a long term career. No. 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 Well, I know there wasn't as much about this case out there, just being honest, but I have been waiting forever to do this. I do have another horrible thing. So I spent some time on Finn's Facebook and some of her family members, and there were apparently people who went on her social media and talked shit about her. After she was murdered. And then, like, her family was trying to defend her because that's awful. And what the fuck is wrong with you people out there in the world? Just for her doing normal teenager bullshit. That is pretty horrible. I feel like people forget what it's like to be a teenager sometimes. And they'll be like, oh, this teenager wasn't always being my image of what a a person should be. I'm going to shit on them. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Also, it's it's normal for teenagers to kind of just be silly. I don't know if that makes sense, but... 
Yeah, they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's just what teenagers do. They try to. They want to be cool. They want to have friends. They want to like hang out with the cool crowd. That's just what what teens do. Yep. I feel like that's why I we don't have any kids, as y'all probably have noticed. We have six cats instead, but. Because I'm on Reddit a lot, I know there's a lot of parents of, like, 10-year-olds that want to use expensive face products from Sephora. And apparently, there's this company that I have used some of their products, and I'm sure some of our listeners have. It's called Drunk Elephant. This is not an ad. Apparently, they're at, it's actually for more mature skin, which I did not know that. But a lot of kids are using it because it's on TikTok. Mm. And it can actually be damaging to their skin it, because it's so young and it's not intended for like young skin. It's intended for like people who need more skincare because they have mature skin. Hmm. Anyway, I feel like that's just an example though of kids just want to be cool and they're not really worried about long term consequences. And skincare is such a, a minor thing. Like nobody looks at it and is all like, oh no, huh? It's good to take care of your skin. It is. But at the same time, like, anything can be harmful if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And I think that that was just the example that popped in my head. Hey, that's a good this example. Is me rambling. Oh, my gosh. I'm such a slut for skincare, you guys. We need to go eat some chicken tinga that I made. Aaron's been sniff, sniff, sniffing because it's currently finishing up in the kitchen. It smells delicious. I know. We just got really behind this week. We haven't been feeling our best, but I think we're both feeling a little better today. I got my Fitbit back on, so that's fun. Uh-huh. Yes. Also, I had a lot of coffee today. That was delicious. The cats say hi. They actually physically tried to say hi multiple times, yep. but it was crazy. It was like, meh, 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 because they're mad at us for having something that's not them. Yeah, every time we record, they get really mad. Yes, there is because we're not focusing all of our attention on them, which is crazy because they get a lot of attention. And they don't always focus on us. There's a lot of naps in this house. <laughs> a lot of naps. A lot of naps and a lot of blankets. Also, the chair that Aaron is sitting in, which is my office extra chair for people that I have in my office, which is only Aaron for the most part, <laughs> and Poe, our cat. Because all of our cats will sit on it, but Poe, the second cat that we have, believes that it's his chair oh yeah he has since the day we bought it and he's a big cat he's just kind of tomboy size not tomboy tomcat size he's around 20 pounds but not because he's fat he just has like really big bones and we would tell you our other cat catsby is fat like it's she hasn't a problem but poe is just a big boy and he believes that this is his chair and he and Aaron are on some kind of standoff about it <laughs> because he gets his fur everywhere and I have to constantly clean it. But do they talk about that? No. They only talk about the fact that we are not currently paying attention to them. That's true. Yeah. Also, this is off topic for murders, but on topic for cats. So earlier today, our cat Ash was the only cat that wasn't sleeping in the bedroom. All other cats were in the bedroom sleeping together and being cuddly. So I thought that since he was awake and he wanted to, to play and the other cats were playing with him, and he's the one that's wobbly, so he already has, like, some troubles, I decided to give him some treats because he likes this one type of treat that one of our friends gave him. Shout out to Maria for bringing the treats. And so I was giving him this treat, and our cat Willow, that's feral, basically, 
but likes treats, this one specific kind, was all the way in, on the other side of the house sleeping with the other cats. And then she fucking appeared of like, y'all got treats in here? <laughs> While I was feeding ashy treats. And I didn't know that cats could smell something from so far away, but she definitely did because she was like, can I have one? Mm-hmm. And Willow never just comes to see me. She's the only cat that's like, y'all can do whatever you want. Don't don't come over here. I don't need I don't need you to pay attention to me. Okay, well now that I've talked about cats for ten minutes, we are really gonna go this time. We love you. We hope that you're having an amazing spring almost. It's mm. gonna be March tomorrow, because this is going out on the 29th, right? That's right. It's leap day. <gasps> Happy Leap Day! Happy Leap Day! I normally, I had an attitude about Leap Day. This year, I'm embracing Leap Year. Normally, I get bitchy about it because I feel like I'm not appreciating the day. Because everyone acts like it's a free day, like it's a special day that wasn't going to happen otherwise. I'm like, oh my god, it's a special day. What are you going to do for Leap Day? What are you going to do for Leap Day? And then I get really pressured, and it's like always a weekday where like, and it's just, it doesn't make sense it's not really a free day, you guys. So it like really stresses me out. But this year, I'm embracing it. It's a, it's our extra leap day. Happy leap day. Happy birthday, leap day babies. That's right. Yes, it's your special day today. And tomorrow's March, and we hope you have a fantastic March. And a good weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.